This is the Horse Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to Adulting with Horses, the best place to be if you can't be at the barn. We are your co-hosts and equine authors, Heather Wallace and Natalie Keller-Reinert. As crazy horse girls, we don't take ourselves too seriously in the saddle or out. We celebrate the things that make us different. Join us as we talk about horses and pop culture and get a little weird in a fun way. Thank you for being a little weird with us. You're good? I, yes. <laughs> I'm good. Today's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting <laughs> one. Well, so um, I, did a, I did a promotion over Black Friday weekend, right, to, um, to sell paperbacks, but I'm selling them directly from the printer so right. that I didn't have to stock and ship, you know, like hundreds of paperbacks because that was- Especially because there was that delay. In yeah, shipping, yeah. Right, in there's been delays and there's been errors, and so, um, so I set up with uh, with Lulu, which is a company that I think makes beautiful products. They just cost just a little more, mm-hmm. but you get what you pay for. And so I set it up so that if somebody wanted to order four more paperbacks, they got a discount, and Lulu would ship them out, and and then I would send book plates. And so I sat down this morning to write out my book plates and put them into Christmas cards and send them out. There were so many more than I realized <laughs> to the point where I I ran out of book plates with two orders to go and had oh, to put no. in an order for more to come so that I can print more and sign them and ship them tomorrow. So it took so much longer than I anticipated because there were a lot of sales and they would be for like eight books at That's a time. That's wonderful. Yeah, like full series. So thank you, everyone. That is amazing. And it was But you were not prepared for that. But I was clearly unprepared. Uh, But I'm usually in some sort of, you know, emergency is where I I really come into my own in an emergency because I go, I had no idea that would happen. Let me fix that. You know? Yeah. My husband's Mm -hmm. the same way. He, like, does really well under pressure. Um, But for, you know, what I did because it was helping my shipping, I ended up buying like a thermal printer. Mm-hmm. And rather than just print like shipping labels, I have the thermal printer. And so now I can print stickers, I can print book plates, shipping labels, all of it. And it's like immediate and you don't lose ink. Yeah, I looked at thermal printers. I don't want this to turn into the printing episode, but <laughs> I did consider it for shipping labels and I I opted against it. Um decided to go the other way of not shipping as much stuff <laughs> but the stickers and stuff does make a lot of sense so because you know i love a good sticker you do love it i haven't done stickers yet and you know but i bought like i bought a roll for the book plates yeah and it's so fucking fast like it's <laughs> so easy that i was like wow i can't believe it. and i ended up getting a um a sale. So it was pre Black Friday that I ended up purchasing it. It was like a hundred dollars off what it normally is. I was like, yeah, that's what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. People were saying, Oh, this is the time to buy a thermal printer. These are the conversations publishers have. Oh, I was gonna say, is that really a conversation that came up? That is an actual conversation I was a part of. (laughs) Yeah. And I was into it. It was a great combo. Uh but when I, I did the research, I just 
I decided that it was not the right time in my life, in my journey, to purchase a thermal printer. So it's just not your journey. Yeah, it's just I'm not at that I'm not at that guidepost. Yeah. Um, speaking of it, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but like, you know, I've been sick, so there's very few like lights of my life. Huh. Um, and a couple days ago before I got sick, I ended up going to my first ever trivia night. Oh. It, yeah, and it was the Shits Creek trivia night. Yeah, you got to go. I got to go. Not only did I get to go, there were 18 teams. <laughs> Guess who came whose team came in third place? I it must be yours because you probably wouldn't have brought it up otherwise. I said, am like, so proud. Place. They they kept it out. They announced from like 18 back to one. And they were yeah. like, every time they didn't say our team name, we we're like looking at each other like, that's weird. Because we know we didn't get a lot of the answers. And we're sitting there and we're like, and they're counting it back and they're counting it back. And we get to third place. And I was like, fuck yeah. I We won a prize. We won a record player. What? That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to share that, but yay. Well, I just, yeah, what do I need a record player for? So I let someone else have it. Yeah, you said I play a record every night, but I'm, you know, in the golden swinging years of my life, so I have time. Well, to maybe not swinging. Put on a record, <laughs> swinging more in a Frank Sinatra way Fair. than a Villages way. <laughs> <laughs> You're not far, so you know people. I could wish be I confused. were farther from the Villages. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh my That's god! Yeah, great. that was... What was the funniest question that you think you got right. Can you remember any of them? You're asking for a lot coming back from being sick. That's um, true. Did they ask you questions about like Moira's weird vocabulary words or? No, it was no. really like intense. There were questions about characters that like were, were only showed up for five minutes in the entire series. There were oh, quite, wow. Yeah, there were, there were. My favorite part was when they said the who said this. It was like the quotes and you had to attribute the character to the quote. So, of course, that for me was just the easiest part. Um, That's so funny. But I maybe out there was like a lot of questions, but I think the one that I was proud of remembering was the name of David's ex boyfriend Sebastian Rain. Because oh yeah, it's, Sebastian Rain. Yeah. Right, and I one. and I we got full points for the the first and last name. So well, you had yeah. to say. I mean, you couldn't Sebastian Rain. remember it in any other way. Because he's like, stop saying Sebastian Rain. <laughs> So the weird things stick in my head, apparently. But uh, great, it's so but it fun. was it was fine. So I think I might be invited to another trivia night. But here's that's not even the coolest part of the night, or maybe this weirdest part. Um, so my friend's um partner is works for the U.S. Postal Service, and so she brought two other postal service workers. So this guy comes in, he sits down next to me, and she goes, Scott you can't marry this woman. He, she's already married. And I was like, okay, awkward. That's really weird. Um, it turns out he's my fucking mail carrier. <laughs> like now it's even more awkward. So the mail carrier is embroiled in some sort of throuple situation. With I guess like she was, she was, she was like teasing him about like, you know, I don't know, being single and she was like, Oh, here's the new girl, but like, you know, she's taken kind of thing. Oh, so like you know I took it a little seriouser than than it actually No, was. no, no, no. Okay, um, right. I thought you like overheard some hot goss and then it turned out that you knew no. too much. <laughs> No, it wasn't hot gossip, but it, what, what was weird is she was like, oh, she's on 29. I was like, that's not my address. And she goes, no, 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 the route. And I was like, oh. And then 
postal service speak. And then she's like, she's like, oh yeah, he's on, he's like, oh, I'm the floater for 29. I was like, oh, that's cool. What does that mean? And he was like, well, I, I come and I do your route like once a week. And he's like, I know exactly what house you are. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I was like, what do I do now? Do I like wave? Do I, do I like make sure I, I send like a card for the holidays with his name on it? Like, like now it's no. weird. Cause we're like drinking buddies. Yeah. Okay. So living in a small town, I do run into this occasionally. Okay. I'm on a first name basis with my uh, postal clerks whom I just, that's where I came back from in a huge hurry was talking to Todd at the post office and I got to say hi to Lori, which was great. Uh, <laughs> and I, I looked for Todd to find Lori because he couldn't find her. And he was like, can you see if she's in the, in the vestibule? And I'm like, she's not there, man. I don't know. And then he's asking me about my horse romances. Is it from the POV of the horses? Todd, you ask me that every time. No, that's not my my audience. Those books exist. That's great. Not what I write. Um, and my UPS driver is amazing. He brought his daughter to the vet clinic where I did a book signing a couple weeks ago and bought a bunch of my books. Um, <laughs> that's cool. So we all know each other. Yeah. It's insane. And he was on that UPS dogs Facebook page very recently. <laughs> Was he really? Because yeah. one of my clients was on that page too. That's amazing. So the best, know. We know the best people. Um, so the wave, absolutely. Hey, how's it going? If you're out there, because you're drinking buddies and you have a social life together, I don't think that you owe him a professional uh, uh, Christmas card. Okay. Think- well, it was only to me. It was one night out. Mm-hmm. Well, but, if you do it twice, let's say. Because okay. he's your floater, too, so you don't know when he's going to get it. Right. So I think what you should do is address a Christmas card to your friendly local post office, thanks for all your hard work, instead of to an individual person. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I believe. And now, like, so I found out my, my full-time guy's Greg. Greg's apparently very cool. Never met Greg. Oh. Um, so I'm learning a lot more about my you know, local people that this come. This will be important when you live in Vermont. Mm. You will need all of these social niceties. Yes. And I'm not unaware of small town vibes. My dad's from a town of 600 people. Right. And and so like, but that's, that's different. Like I'm in the burbs. I'm in mm-hmm. a town of like 60,000 people right now. And so, you know, you just don't get those small town niceties in the suburbs. And so it's like, I'm like stuck. I'm like, what do I do? Like, am I am I small town friendly or am I suburban? Like, distant? Like, I don't know what I do. Yeah, so. and your version of suburban is actually like much more populated mm-hmm. than like even my version of suburban would be. Oh yeah, no, we're right outside New York City. Yeah, so, like we have like a ferry that a goes city, to Manhattan. Yeah, but it's a suburb because Manhattan exists. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's yes. intense. It's a very big area that we live in, and so. um yeah. So anyway, so that was, but that was a cool, I was, I did a trivia night. I came in third. I had an awkward situation. It's great. great. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Except you for like, the you know, did you the have a debilitating. Margarita? What? Did you have a margarita? No, I was not feeling well enough. Oh no. Oh. I, that night I did. I had a blackberry margarita. Oh yeah. Ooh. That's my new thing. I, I love a good spicy pineapple margarita, but right. I'm into the blackberry now. I never even heard of a blackberry. Oh, it's margarita. goddamn good. Um, yeah, it's 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 worth trying. Blackberry, whatever liqueur they use to make blackberry is good because I had 
a BlackBerry Old Fashioned, I want to say, Ooh. at um, at Keeneland two years ago. And then when I went back this past year, they had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, it had a BlackBerry. And I have a picture of it on my Instagram. Do you want to see? They're like, no. Like, okay, no problem. <laughs> they don't want to see Instagram. <laughs> Do you want to also follow it? Thanks. Yeah. Do you want to... I, Look at these. I'll put a picture of your drink on there. Just <laughs> they had no idea. So, uh, but it was yeah, it was good as hell. I grew up picking blackberries. Oh, I love it. blackberries are my favorite. Then raspberries are my second favorite. Mm. And then I like raspberries, but I, I mean strawberries. But I love passion fruit flavored anything, like anything. That's so funny. I um, one of the many messages I've not yet responded to today was a friend sending me a message with a reel, and it said. Oh my God, I love passion fruit. Mm. And I chuckled and then I closed it because I had such a busy morning. Oh, it's such a busy morning, but it's all good. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't sleep last night. I don't really love night. passion fruit, but I do passion think it's funny awesome. that it's like constantly in use on Great British Drinking Show. Is it really? Yeah, they use passion fruit so much. It's like it must be a national compulsion or something. Like it's bright know. yellow and they go, oh, this is lightening up my day. I guess, but like when you pair it with chocolate or you put it in like a margarita or like a daiquiri, oh my God, mm, it's so good. When it hits your lips, it's just right. Mm, it's the lips. I know. Well, I, so, but I will say, so we haven't talked about this yet, but when I was getting sick, I went to this IA show in right. Pennsylvania with my kids and it was cold. It was raining. I was fine. I had my, you know, my Reading Oak coveralls. Everything was fine. Um, but I started feeling sick there. And I was like, oh, this is the worst. Like, no one ever wants to feel sick when you're at a barn, especially when it's IEA show. But it was really cool because I got to watch my kids ride all these horses. And you know what I find myself doing? I don't know if you do this. I'm actually, I know for a fact you probably do do this. When you're watching other people ride horses they've never ridden before, do you sit there and you go, I would have totally opened up that outside rain and given that shoulder some movement. You know, like, do you oh, yeah. ever sit there? Like, Absolutely. I sit there and I think, like, oh, I could ride this horse so much better. I, uh, yeah, I sat and watched a TV show and did that the other night. It was yeah. really satisfying. <laughs> it's so wonderful. I probably would have fallen off in real life, but, I mean, it felt great to armchair ride that horse. <laughs> hey, listen, knowing what you should do and actually doing it are two very different things. Oh my God. I'm so happy you said that. Last night I was riding. <laughs> Did I trigger that? <laughs> I wanted to share this with you anyway, because last night I was riding and I was working very specifically on helping Ben move forward because I realized he's been making me nervous and I've been holding him back. And I realized that because my husband took some video and it was like, oh no, that's not good. So I said, all right, I'm going to go out and I'm going to like push this energy into my hand and I'm going to let him be up and light in the front and we're going to work through this. And as I'm going to do a cancer depart, and he does this thing where he's like, hollow, freak out before a cancer depart. And uh, I, he, he, so he started to do it and I just put my leg on and he went forward, met the bit and stepped into the canter. And I said out loud, oh, my God, it's not about resistance to the hand. It's just about leg. And then I was like, thanks for playing for 30 years, Natalie. <laughs> like, <laughs> where have you been? <laughs> I have these vocal epiphanies about the most basic of writing things. <laughs> 
But it's one of those things, like, sometimes it just clicks. And you can always hear the solution to every problem is add more leg. But then sometimes you don't put that into reality until finally you feel confident enough to do it. Exactly. You know, he's he's been spooky in the past. Yeah, he's been he's been a he's been something else the past couple weeks. Let me tell you, like for a month or two, he's been putting me through it. And, um, you know, I was using too much hand. Because he was scaring me when I used more leg. End of story. And so I finally, you know, I looked, like I said, I looked at the tape. And the tape said, you look ridiculous right now. And I was like, okay, tape, my bad. He must feel <laughs> different than what is actually happening. <laughs> and so I went with it, and it was great. Um, and I think every every horse, maybe when you ride single horses, like we do, as opposed to riding four horses a day or something, I think every time you ride a new horse, you relearn these concepts yes. because they feel different for every body. And every well, and every body. horse is like a different tick or different personality or different aids. And right. sometimes, um, and I think this is why, so like I grew up, like you did riding a lot of different horses. I didn't have my own horse until I was a lot older. And I realized as I get older, I am so comfortable with my horse that it's too comfortable, right? So like yeah. when I went to Iceland, I had like my old training kind of kick back in and I had to learn the horse within five minutes and figure out, oh, no, I have to put my hands here. Otherwise, they play with a bit. I have to do this. I have to add this leg. I have to do this. And I found like I was telling my daughters because they were getting frustrated. You know, my one daughter got a little pony when she likes big horses and the other girl got a big horse when she likes ponies. Like this is the beauty of what you guys are doing. Like you didn't know how to half seat the canter. Until the last horse you rode, because he had such a big stride, you figured it out. It clicked. Like, that's the great thing about it. Yeah. Yeah, a lesson that didn't come through with the last horse or the horse before that. And right. suddenly, suddenly, it makes sense. Suddenly, it just makes sense. And then you can apply that to all the other horses you ride. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you might not need to half-seat the canter on X horse, but you have that in your back pocket if you need it. Right. Yeah, that's such a yeah, that's such a big piece of it is the muscle memory clicking in, you know, like we've talked about before. Where it's great to have the intellectual understanding of something. But that moment when you do it and it gives you the desired result and you go, "Oh, oh. damn. That's the thing." You know, and I for will me, forget. That's yeah. Well, you will forget. Well, I mean, please. So so I for the longest time I, cause I was, I'm a nervous rider, right? So if I get into a situation where I get nervous, I tend to lean forward a little bit, drop my shoulders and like use more rain. Mm-hmm. But over the years, I've really had to learn that less rain means a more calm horse, right? So in right. that situation, I have to actually do the opposite of what my instinct is telling me. Um, one time my trainer, I wasn't getting it. So my trainer made me tied my reins and made me drop them. And we were in an enclosed, indoor but she's like i need you to to just like focus on your seat a little bit because you are just focusing so much on your upper body and it's funny because i see that now when i'm watching all these kids ride around on these horses they don't know their first instinct is to grip so tight on the reins but on the horse on the kids that don't the kids that actually give their horses some room to move the horses are better behaved and they actually move beautifully and i was like i really had to learn that the hard way yeah I've been, you know, I've been going through that. I ride with long reins and they, and so they end up in my seat and, um, 
so it's something I'm giving myself grace with this year to like keep trying to put your hands forward, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And I really felt like I did a great job at it last night. And the funny thing is I can't use I can't use a neck strap to like hook my my pinkies into, which was it's what people say to do. It was my initial inclination because I used to do it on racehorses. Every time I put a neck strap on Ben, I guess it's the shape of his neck and his wither. It ends up like my arms would be completely straight if I were gripping the neck strap without pulling back on his chest. Like it falls so far forward on his neck. It's hilarious. (laughs) Well, what about, and this is something that I did for my own children, but like rubber reins, you know, with the color blocks. So you can see and keep your hands on a color and know. Well, I use, um, and I love the pastel ones. I think they're so pretty. Oh, <laughs> um, I use I use web reins, you know, with block with with leather stops, and I I do know my stops, and I do know where my hands sit. That I just let them slip. I just I have really light ring fingers, and I just let them slide, and then I gotta reel them back in, and then the head goes up, and then it holds so. It's also a question of keeping my ring finger tight. (laughs) There is that. But, you know, you don't want to keep it too tight because then your horse feels the tension. And then they're wondering if you're asking for something. Yeah. Every day is like trying to fry the perfect egg. I just want the yolk (laughs) just a little, but not too cooked. It it shouldn't just. Why do you always come up with these egg analogies? Are you hungry right now? Starving. (laughs) I ate my emergency granola bar on the way back from the post office because it was like 1227. And I was like, ah, I've got three minutes to get home and figure out my mic. My stomach has that like hard knot in it that's like sitting oh, there. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm not doing great. But you um, whiskey. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would get on Instacart and have a bottle of Jameson delivered pronto. Well, I'm actually headed to Philly as soon as I pick up my daughter. So I'm gonna get off the phone with you, pick up my daughter, and then head to Philadelphia for my last event of the year. Oh god. So maybe I'll. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I have I no mean, choice. Just a little sip. It won't make you drunk, but it will ease your stomach pain. I promise. All right. I will consider that because right now I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm having a soda for the first time today and sipping the bubbles. So it's like helping me like get rid of any gas, but um, um, not to digress. But so for <laughs> one thing that I've always struggled with is my leg. So I have very pokey horse and a pokey pony. You need a lot of leg and you need to use your leg consistently, right? Yeah. So you'd think after five years with this pony, my leg would be stronger. It's not. But what I did figure <laughs> out finally was the heels down situation. Oh, yeah. Right? So and you're so Mongolian, so you don't put your heels down is what I'm Yeah, thinking. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. So I always thought it was my hamstrings being so tight and like why? And no, it wasn't. So when I finally figured out what the solution was, I'm able to keep my legs stiller um, on my pony and I don't lose my body because like I would used to like lose my my um well everything when i started trotting and it was because mm-hmm. i had to add so much leg right so my hips were always so tight and the heels down i was talking to a physical therapist that uh, works with equestrians and if i open up my hips the way they should be then my leg naturally falls and opens and that releases the knee because i always gripped at the knee that was my issue I know the feeling that you're talking about. Right? right? And so if I focus less on putting my heels down and I focus more 
on opening and stretching my hips. Like if I get on and I start doing stretches and all mm-hmm. that, and I open up my hips, then my my heel naturally just falls. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like that. It, it's like you know. It seems counterintuitive to say I can't keep my heel down. I can't keep my heel down. Lengthen your stroke. Well, how's that going to help? It helps your and seat that's bones. What it's doing right. It's helping you stretch your hip out. Um, I've been getting on really similarly <laughs> in the same place. I've been getting on <laughs> Are we twins? and like just doing a lot of standing in the stirrup and digging my heel all the way down. And every time I feel like, Oh, my leg maybe isn't stretched down, down. I'm standing up again. And I can feel that moment where it's locked and I'm like, Oh, my heel's down. And then I go, no, I'm holding it. It's not down. And I do release everything from the hip down <gasps> and it just it just goes so deep it's almost frightening like oh we are really twitting hard this winter <laughs> and yeah that is also because you know i'm always trying to be like you mm-hmm, i sure. did now i haven't had time to ride sure, there's that. because you know i was sick and i'm canceling all these appointments for these events and whatever for lessons but i did sign up for ride iq so I did start kind of like downloading different exercises and things that I could use at the barn in anticipation of being able to use it. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm anxious to hear who you click with the best because I um I click really hard with Kyle Carter's lessons. Okay. And I hadn't used his lessons for a few weeks. And then I did last night when I was having my, my moment. And I feel like consistently I have breakthrough moments when I am listening to Kyle, even if I'm not doing exactly what he's saying, just he's talking while I'm working away on my own thing and he'll say something and then I'll give it a little try a few minutes later and go, Oh my gosh. Like he just, there's something about the way that man holds his hands and explains it. That makes sense to me. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to let you guys know because, um, yeah, you know, it's, I love riding with my trainer and she's awesome. And she teaches me the way I like to be taught, which is I need to be the best rider for my horse. And so she kind of puts, tells me that, Oh, you know, Oh, if you do this, this is how he's going to move his body. So she's not so focused on my position, but she's more focused on kind of like how I'm working the horse, Mm -hmm. which is my, always my goal is for him to move biomechanically, biomechanically correctly. Um, and so I'm interested to see kind of what lessons pop up and um, and who who I find is most effective because you know Ferris can be a little funky, right? Yeah, no. that's why I think a lot of times it's great to have it have it running. Um, and you might find that you have to do something completely different, but it kind you can kind of catch up with it while he's, they're still talking, and and they kind of like they kind of just put you in a in a working format it's almost like sometimes like a lesson is going on in the ring but it's not your lesson right oh i love when that happens yeah and you just kind of tune in and go oh i'm gonna try that over here even though i'm not paying for this you know (laughs) my favorite is when i happen to go in at the same time as a group of students (laughs) crazy timing oh my god so weird (laughs) we're like at the same level weird (laughs) yeah i'm just not jumping three foot but i'll do the flat work with you (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I take what I want and then I just walk out of the arena. <laughs> but yeah, when you couple it with a with an in-person lesson every now and then, it's so cool because like I need a little help right now. Um 
I feel like I need a little bit of help, like uh, loosening, you know, Ben's shoulder. But as, and I don't know how much of that is related to me, like riding with way too much rain. So we'll see over the next few days if that improves. But I look forward to having an in-person lesson to kind of um, take everything that I practice every day and, and get some eyeballs on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's so nice to have like another set of eyes periodically. Just someone like the video is the a perfect example. Huge, yeah, yeah. And and I will say I've tried that. Like I, I'll take the Pivo, and the whole idea was I would take the Pivo camera yeah. and and use it to film my rides, not to post anything on social media because no one needs to see that, but to like see myself and to improve. And then of course I lost the Pivo. I don't know where it is. It's not charged or, you know, I'd go in the arena on a day where there's no one there and there's like five people. And so obviously it's not going to track me. It's going to track five other people. So I, I don't, I'm best laid plans, you know, but well, periodically my trainer will actually take out her phone and videotape me while I'm not looking. And I love that because then I can look back and see. Yeah. I, I, I think what I'm going to do is uh, find a spot in my ring. Cause I, I set up a, I set up a dressage sort of arena, um, cut down a tree. <laughs> I, I took a tape measure out uh, to the area where I wanted to ride. And I said, okay, I'm going to measure 20 by whatever I can get either 40 or 60 meters. And I got 40 meters long. Great. I marked those corners. Uh, I had to move some fence to do it, but it's, it's done. Um, and then I got 20 meters at the other end and there was a tree right at 20 meters. There was a dead tree. And I was like, son of a. So I texted my husband. He was in the house working. I'm like, look, I'm right at 20 meters. There's a freaking tree. And he texts back. Hmm. And so I go back to the other end. I'm messing with the fence. And I turn around and he's out there with a chainsaw. <laughs> he came like right out. To you know, chop down this dead tree. How it's- does someone find a quarry? Like, I was, <laughs> because my I'm husband stars. would be like, "Oh, too bad, so sad. See you later." <laughs> yeah, so he so he came out and and it, it turned into a two person job to cut down this tree. It's not a small tree. <laughs> it's it's down now, and I still got to ride in the evening, which was extraordinary. Um. Uh. Yeah. So, oh, so anyway, so now I actually can see a 20 meter circle, which is super helpful. So I'm going to set my camera on a fence post leaned against one of my uh, insulators, which means turning off the electric fence before I do this. And then I can go over, I can set it down. I can set it to tape while I go do a 20 meter circle or three. And then look at that specific part of my ride because I know I'm never gonna. I don't want a pivo going for 45 minutes. I don't. When am I gonna look at 45 minutes worth of footage? It's just never gonna happen. No, it's you never know? gonna happen. And and so I'm just gonna like set up some time. Go okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this circle. I'm gonna do some transitions and see what's going on. I might look at three minutes of footage, but not 45. The other thing I did. I'm being very talkative. <laughs> is I compared what I was doing in the video he took to my tempo analysis on Equilab. And that gave me a really good understanding of where his trot was before, where he was cantering, where he trotted afterwards, which was like much higher. And then what I took him down to, which was ridiculously low. So I could kind of figure out where does my tempo need to be and what am I working towards? So I really like that analysis feature. And that's the, that's on the free version of Equilab. 
You can yeah, I love Equilab. I don't mm-hmm. remember to use it as much as I probably should. But um, and it, my biggest pet peeve with them is they always have me riding like, you know, 50 feet off into the woods as opposed to the arena, which is fine. But whatever. Um, God forbid I ever use it for safety tracking. Uh, <laughs> well, just but, mark on your profile, like look 50 yards away. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is like I ride a pony. So I could work on canter and walk, and that's all I do, and I'll still mark it as a trot. Really? So, oh my god! I didn't because he's short strided, oh. and so it is drives me crazy. Like I'll look at it and I'll say, "Oh, you did one minute of canter." I was like, "All we did was canter." Are you serious? And then I so so it looks like I'm like afraid to canter, which I actually prefer his canter than his trot. If we're gonna be completely <laughs> honest, and I mostly canter him, and then I trot after. Because oh, the canter, yeah, oh yeah. Did I never tell you this? I think you have, but you know, when do I absorb things? That's true. So I will repeat it for the people in the back. Yeah. So, and this is something that I use. Even um, I put in my book the body conditioning for horse and rider. Um, but what I found is because the canter is stretched, the canter opens up everything. It gets them to push off their hind. It gets them to open up their shoulders. It gets them, you know, really to move forward. And so for a pokey horse like mine or a stiffer horse like mine, um, I canter first. I get them to open it up. I get them to stretch out. I get them like warmed up for, you know, in a really nice way. So they're open. And then I ask them to bring it back into a more modulated trot, but it's still, they're thinking forward. So Mm -hmm. you don't have so much of that sucking back behind the leg or anything like that. It is a wonderful exercise to do if you have a like slower horse or if you have a horse that's a little stiffer. Yeah. I don't know. You don't have a slow horse, though. I don't have a slow horse. I can't understand why I don't have a slow horse. I have a middle-aged quarter horse. It should be slow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quarter horses are race horses, though, so let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think, and I think it has something to do with, like, he's a very late geld, so he's got a lot of testosterone. He's a strong-willed horse who knows how to take care of himself. So I think it's all, like, it's all built into his personality. This like layer of I'll handle it, I'll handle it, I'll handle it. You know. <laughs> I mean, I have a thoroughbred, and to get him to move forward, we've had to growl. We've had to take like a branch off a tree and wave the leaves in his face. You know what I mean? Like, like so. <laughs> just because you have a thoroughbred doesn't mean they're going to be forward thinking. Just because you have a quarter <laughs> horse doesn't mean they're going to be chill. So <laughs> trust me, I've met a lot of Hancock bred horses. They are not chill. Yeah, yeah. I wish I knew. But yeah, he's definitely not chill, so there could be something there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is a good was a horse. Was that? Horse and he was a like a kick on hunter. Like, come on. Lumber, lumber, lumber. <laughs> See, I love that. Yeah. Because I have like the short and quick. Like yeah. I mean, we've gotten Ferris, he's a little bit out of work right now, but um, he, we've gotten him to like that really nice huntery canter again, mm-hmm. um, where before he was moving in two different directions, looking like two different horses. Right. You know? <laughs> One side he was really hollow, the other side he looked really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's funny. Now this is his time because in this he hates the summer just like I do. So right. this is the time where I don't need as much leg. It's yeah, wonderful. I'm trying to I'm trying to lean into that too with the whole like let me use this energy for good. Yes. And one thing that I do want to try, and you might have an opinion on this, is so he, you know, he's he's a he's a round boy, and he, he he's quite fit now in the in the center, but he still wants to fall on his forehand at the canter. 
And I was thinking I wanted to try letting him canter on a much looser rein and finding his own position. Because right now he wants to lean really hard on me. And so I thought, should I sit back and try to get him on his hind end? Or should I give him some space to try to work it out on his own? I'm not really sure which one is. Do you ever lunge him? Hmm? Do you ever lunge him at the canter? I do lunge him at the canter. How is he like that? He moves beautifully on the lunge. So it's He moves like a hunter on the lunge. Okay. So it's probably your balance then that's affecting it. So, yeah, I would play with that a little bit and see... I mean, usually if I have a horse that's on the forehand in the canter, I do a lot of transitions. So we'll canter five steps or five strides. Then I will trot them 10 strides and just get them to back. And then I might roll back and then do that. I do a lot of rollbacks Mm -hmm. when they are on their forehand uh, because it gets them thinking back and then pushing off. So like I'll roll back at the walk and then immediately into the canter and we take those beautiful couple of strides of canter. And then when I start to feel them lean forward, we come down to the trot, we roll back at the walk. And then, and so they kind of get that idea where back is better, but yeah, you might have to give more rain because what happens is people think that the uphill comes from the rain contact, but it doesn't. It comes from you sitting back and letting them kind of um, find that balance. And mm-hmm. so you might need to play with the rain length a little bit and give him a chance to fail almost. Yeah. Where he's kind of almost stumbling or tripping or maybe even, in my pony's case, he he will like race forward. Right. Until he realizes, oh, that's not sustainable. And then he kind of comes back. I think that's all a good combination. I like the sound of that. Um, it, it falls in with doing all the transitions is going to make him <laughs> a pogo stick. But on the other hand, I'm trying to lean into that. So, right, like that's building up all that energy is kind of what I said I'm going to do. So I'm not going to worry too much about rubbing my hands for so much friction. I'm just going to let him do it and move in front of me with all that energy and not freak out about it. Yeah, and you know, when you get worried, just circle him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, that's your best friend. And then just get him to disengage that hind end a little bit. So he's kind of circling. He can't think forward so much. And, um, you know, spirals are your friends. You know, mm-hmm. start big and then spiral down if he gets faster. And then, and then open the spiral back up, you know, if he's getting too forward. But for me, I don't, I don't like to drill my pony. Um, yeah. you know, I'm really careful about his joints, especially because he's neurological. So if I'm doing rollbacks and things like that, I'm never just going up and down the same side or at the same tempo. I'm, you know, okay, I'm going to do the short, the short side of the ring now, and I'm going to change direction. Now we're going to have a nice canter down the long side. Then we're going to walk the next. So I kind of always changing things up. So he doesn't anticipate what I'm doing because my pony, if he anticipates me, He's already onto the next thing, so he could be done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you know what I was thinking about doing, because that is how I started training Ben in the first place, like years ago, was, oh, he needs to do something different every five strides, you know. Um, there are tons of dressage test ride-throughs from different countries on Ride IQ. Ooh. And so I was thinking, like, because you don't have to do exactly what they say, right? So if it says do a canter pirouette, you'd be like, well, I'm probably just going to do a 10-meter circle. Um, but it would it would give you pretty consistently every five to ten strides, it would give you a different movement. 
Yes. You're not going to anticipate what the Australian test is telling you to do. Like, it's just. <laughs> no, it, I, I actually have, I have these little, little books of just mini dressage tests for the year. And they give you like the novice introductory sure. level or whatever. And, um, and so I have them as like little pocket notes, mm-hmm. but I love the idea of doing it because it's like your trainer calling out, okay, now we're going to do this. Yeah. Now we're going to do this. Yeah. So that's why I like the idea of dressage. I also like the idea of writing to music. I'll be honest. I love writing to music. <laughs> me too. I definitely find like it helps me to hear something because I get lost. Like I won't know what to do next. I'll be like, okay, we're going to do a 20 meter circle and now we're changing rain and now oh my god what do I do next and that's when it falls apart because I'm not looking five strides ahead anymore I'm looking right ahead of me we're just trotting (laughs) right when in doubt just trot it out (laughs) pretty much (laughs) I really need direction all the time I should be babysat you should be babysat I should be I can't be trusted on my own. We're going to put Corey in charge of you. Oh, man. <laughs> He's been training his whole life for this, okay? Really? He's ready. <laughs> He's already basically in charge of me. It's like, dinner's <laughs> on the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I think that's... Husband. Oh, please. It's me. My husband came back from being away for a week. And in that week, I had... My teenager had three major meltdowns, and this is the one with mental health issues. So that's always a bit freaky. Mm -hmm. We were able to weather them all. Everything happened. Everything was good. And then I got sick. The one of my other kids got a head cold. Thankfully, not COVID. So it was just, but it was actually peaceful. Like it was calm. It was beautiful. It was lovely. And then um, he flies in on the red eye, (laughs) and it's like this whirlwind just throws through the door. (laughs) I'm like, he's back. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I was yeah. up all night feeling sick, and I kept waking up to him with his, like, hand in a fist, like, around my pillow. So every time I would, like, flip over, I'd, like, punch myself into his fist, which should not be on my side of the bed, by the way. God. And then I had to elbow him because he was, like, trying to cuddle me. And I was like, dude, I am not in a place to be cuddled like at all i'm going to vomit on you right now i established really early in a relationship that i i sleep alone i i have my side of the bed starfish touching no touching no touching cuddle time is for cuddle time dude i'm a light sleeper your body temp is way too high keep it on your side (laughs) <laughs> I I like sleeping cold and mm. I like wrap myself in my little cocoon. So the second heat comes in, I'm like, oh my God, it's so hot in here. I'm like throwing covers everywhere. But yeah, no, he's like, you're mean when you sleep. I'm like, I mean all the time. It's right. just more apparent when I'm sleeping. Thank you. That's the only time you're really like, shoved together for six or seven hours. It's the time you can have some space. Neither one of us are ever allowed to retire. We'll murder each other. You'll find <laughs> both of our bodies in the woods somewhere, 50 meters to the left. <laughs> we had trouble when I, um, when I started working from home, even before COVID, because he was already working from home. And then um, I guess it was after one of my many corporate layoffs that I was working more from home. And he started getting testy with me. And I was like, look, buddy, I didn't <laughs> choose this, but this is what we've got. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay. It's cute when they get uppity. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I guess I'm just not used to having home. 
You're going to want to bop him on the nose like a bad dog. <laughs> it's like, um, we got to cope. This is what we have. <laughs> oh, my God. So speaking of naughty boys, <laughs> I did not to change. We're going back and forth between horse stuff. I, um, I did a Christmas card photo shoot with my horses. Now, mind you, you know I don't send Christmas cards. I just, they're for social media only. Okay. Um, and my... <laughs> everyone's like oh did you get pictures with your kids i'm like no my horses like is that weird i mean i don't i don't send people pictures of my i stopped taking pictures of my kid for other people to see after he turned like 10 yeah you know what i mean like, like i love my kids but like it's not something the, i share with people he's his own person yeah. if he wants to send a picture out he can I mean, like the pictures, like the the holiday pictures were for me. Like they weren't for right. you know. And I love my kids, but they they don't want to take pictures with the horse. They don't want to take pictures at all. So, right. um, but it was funny because so I had Jessie come out. She's one of my clients, and she's been doing some of like our holiday stuff for years, and some of my other photo shoots. And so she knows my horses really well. She was there for the day that Ferris decided to buck and then kick delight in the sternum and like put a hoof print in his like lung <laughs> um, so, so but it was really funny because we were doing we dressed them up in like little santa outfits and the difference between the two the horse and the pony was ridiculous and i cannot stress this enough the pony's the problem <laughs> like everybody thinks this i have this wild thoroughbred he's so aggressive he's unrideable he's a problem he is not the problem <laughs> he is an angel he's just a big brute the pony is diabolical he will literally plan your murder oh is my god so genetic pony or just a size pony no he's a he's a welsh cob mixed with thoroughbred oh okay <laughs> so some days you get the thoroughbred right and then some days you end up on the ground Right. And I say this because everyone on my social media is always like, oh, he's so cute. Yeah, he is cute, Sally. He is cute and he knows it. Okay. But he also, when he feels cute, you're going to end up being in a situation you don't want to be in. And so <laughs> he was so hard to take photos of. I'm surprised any came out, but they're so flipping cute. And then I take Delight out and I was like, okay, Delight needs his rope halter. But I put the leather one on. He was like, oh, it's game on. I have freedom now. So he was like trying to say, grass. I'm like, no, we're not doing grass. Like, you know. Yeah. So if anyone ever takes pictures with their horses and asks them to stand still to pose, I, I would love to hear the stories. Like, I would love to hear the stories because it can't just be me. Because my boys are actually trick trained. Like, they're very good. Right. But they were annoying as shit. I have a picture of a horse I was trying to sell. And, uh, the horses, I don't know what the horse is looking at. Nothing. Like, he's got his eyes crossed for all I know. But you can see in the picture a hat flying through the air that Corey threw to try to get his attention. It's like ears. And like six feet up, there's this hat just sailing through the air. He's not looking at it. He's <laughs> we, we even got like a, a carrot out. And the second Ferris saw the carrot, he was like, well, I'm not looking at the carrot. Like, clearly I'm going to run for the carrot so like she's like holding the camera in a carrot and he's like barreling at her like holding him back i've never told me once that uh the key is have horse whinny sounds on your phone yes yeah because they go yeah. who's that <laughs> yeah and and i actually i have to really be thankful for my barn mate so i have this woman who came to my barn she's got a couple thoroughbreds and they're best friends 
with my guys because they're in the next paddock over and they just run and play all day long together. She ended up during our photo shoot when we were trying to get them to stand still, bringing her horses in. So she brought one in. And so, of course, my boys were like, ooh, who's that? What are they doing? And then while her other one was running around like an absolute fucking lunatic. So that kept their attention. Yeah. And then she brought the other one in. So, like, we ended up getting a couple good shots. But I don't think we would have done it if she didn't do that at that time. Yeah. So you're going to do a horse photo shoot. Here are some helpful tips. Ask someone to lunge their very spicy horse nearby. <laughs> Have someone drive a horse trailer by. Just drive the horse trailer by. That always gets attention. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Lead somebody out of the barn, pause, and lead them back in the barn. Horse goes, what the hell's going on there? <laughs> and don't go near grass because you'll no. never have a head up in the photo no and even winter grass because you know my boys are in a dry lot because of ferris's um cushing so so delight's like oh god it's green oh. it's, it's like dead but it's green like i'm gonna do it so yeah he was uh he was pretty cute and excited about it but <laughs> i just I'd like a it was, photo shoot. Somebody should come and take photos to me and Ben. Oh, my together. God. You should. Well, and it's something that I like to do pretty regularly because, one, when I'm at the barn, I never remember to pull out my camera or I just do quick little selfies because right. I'm really focused on the horses when I'm there. I'm not, like, focusing on getting content or anything like that. And part of the reason why I don't videotape my rides either. Like, I'm not focusing on what I'm going to put on social media. Like, that's not how I live my life. Um, probably also why I don't have millions of followers because I'm sure it'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I like to have photographers come out like a couple times a year and just get pictures of me with the horses because they're memories um, that I'll never, you know, that'll never get back. And mm-hmm. it's it's been like a whole big dream of me. So I want to document it. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really nice. It is funny to me. Um, you know, some people have, they'll have an Instagram account, right? And their husband will be really good at like playing along and doing photos with them. And mine has never caught on. All he does, he knows, and I don't even really, I don't really blog about food or theme parks or things like that anymore. But when I did, he learned really quickly, camera eats first rule, right? Like move your hands, don't touch the food. Let's take a picture because I need that. Uh, And he still does that, which is funny. But I would think he would just every now and then come out and, and take a picture. And he just walks on by. I think you so had to ask I, had, him. I handed him my phone. I was like, come over here. Come over here. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to ask. Like, I even told my trainer, like, I, she was mentioning how she likes to take videos and photos when, when her students aren't paying attention. Because yeah. then they tense up and they get all self-conscious. And right. I know I do. And the the best photos and videos I have from her are when I don't know what's happening. Mm. But she also doesn't do it very often. So I don't have that much content of me riding. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where it would be nice to have like your own personal photographer, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or just, you know, and it would be very, they, if they knew how much money they'd save on like buying all the candids at a show and stuff like that. If they would just walk out, take a photo and walk back in the house. You wouldn't have to spend $500 at a horse show on all those photos. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, no, I have cute ones at home. I'm good. (laughs) You'd still buy the show photos. Who are you kidding? I don't know. I never have. But I'm going to. Well, we had an incident um, 
So this is this is like a very fine point for me as a photographer. Um, well, I, w- I wouldn't officially call myself a photographer, but you know, somebody who has been a photographer. Um, we had our barn do like a big horse show, and they were picking their photos. And one of the, the one of the people was like, "Oh, Heather, help me pick out which one I want. You know, what's the the best one?" And so they were picking that out. They could only afford one. And as they were doing this we see that another barn maid has posted, taken a screenshot of the photos and posted them as if she bought them, mm-hmm. which is illegal. Yeah. So like if people don't know this, that is completely illegal. That is copyright infringement. That is not yours. You did not pay for them. And it, that's something that used to happen to me all the time. And one of the reasons I stopped taking photos, because like yeah. it was so frustrating. The photographer that does the events here in the Ocala area has like a hilarious uh, watermark on all of her photos that says like, if you see this with the watermark, this is stolen property and you are being reported to, like to the FBI. Like, I don't know. It's so great. Nice. Good. And she She sells, she does incredible, she'll do candidates of you. Um, because there's, there's some of me out there helping other people that are quite funny and you can buy all of your photos for like a package price before the event. And then, then I guess she'll take more of you or something and you'll walk out with like 200 photos from horse trials. Hey, that's great. <laughs> um, but that way she's not wasting her time. You know, well, that's the thing. Out. It's hard, and mm-hmm. then you're editing the photos, yeah. and you're hoping you know some of the people will buy them, and you're never going to make all the money back. It's a mm-hmm. hard job, and it's hard to get photos of everybody, right? Yeah. But if you're the show photographer, that is literally how they're making their money, and mm-hmm. so you're stealing from them, and you're not giving them credit. So it's like a double fuck you. <laughs> so her uh, her mother called her immediately and was like, "You better take that post down. Like that is not okay." And um, that and the daughter like fired back at her, like, "What? Everybody does it. it. That does not mean it's legal or okay." So it just ah, oh, that's like the dark side of photography that people don't. Because if you were to write a chapter and someone were to take that chapter and put their name on it, it's stealing. Absolutely. It's it's pleasure. It's it's stealing. It's the same with the photography. But we're in this world of social media where everyone thinks that like, oh, because you can share a meme, is you know that if it's online, it's yours. That's not the same as sharing someone's post. <laughs> and you know the thing is that that the whole meme sharing and stuff became normalized, but there were copyright concerns about that stuff for a really long time that have just kind of vanished. Like when I first went into corporate social media we were really careful about what properties we, you know, if there was a, if there was something great, that was a meme, but we weren't sure what the legality of the IP in it was. That didn't go on my Twitter account. That didn't go on my Facebook page. Like I wasn't getting my corporation embroiled into some sort of copyright dispute. Um, and it, it seems to have gone by the wayside. People think public means public, you know, if I right. saw it. It's free. <laughs> well, and, and the fact that like people think that they can videotape somebody in public without their consent is just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about the horse show photography that is probably missed, like the finer point, is uh, that you did, you know, you signed off on somebody Correct. taking taking your likeness. And you can't say, well, it's my picture. It belongs to me. No, you, you signed a waiver. It's in your um, 
uh, your show registration. And it says that somebody can take your picture and it's not yours. <laughs> yeah. Even when I, so when I go to Iceland, we have it. Uh, and when I was in Mongolia, we had people sign a photography waiver saying that we were allowed to take their photos and use it for social media and that they could purchase them if they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I'm not a monster. So I was like, you paid all this money to go to this event. You can use these photos, but you've got to give credit to the photographer. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, you know, I put in that provision, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's an interesting little world out there, but yeah, I don't know. The world's scary. I don't want to go outside anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't like being sick. You've been doing so much stuff. You're ready to cocoon. Yes, I am ready. It's coming into hibernation season soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excited. you should be just about there. I am almost there. <laughs> this is my last event of the year, and I'm not traveling anymore until our horse lovers cruise in February. Yeah, same here. Nothing on nothing on my plate until horse lovers cruise. Nothing that involves traveling further than my parents' house anyway. So it's perfect. <laughs> we'll be all primed and ready to go. <laughs> Save up our energy for that. I'm gonna continue working on my anti tan, which mm-hmm. is what I I was like, wow, I'm going into winter, I'm covering up and I covered up all year, so I have tanned exactly none this year. Good for me. <laughs> I, I don't tan either. Um, so, you know, you're in good company. Mm-hmm. I just, oh, I feel uh, very healthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, today, before we go, which we're gonna have to go in a second, but before yeah. we go, I guess this is an adulting win. So I'm going to do a really weird adulting win today. Okay. Um, so I had a dentist appointment as a checkup and I, I'm old, I guess, because for the first time ever, they checked me for oral cancer lesions. Oh, I've been checked for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. No lesions. That's my adulting win. I don't have cancer. Yeah, a little purple light. Yeah. Yep. They. I remember them offering me that if, like, when I had the really good insurance. So I think it might have something to do with your insurance, not your age. Maybe they don't offer it anymore. (laughs) Well, all I can say is hashtag not dying. So I feel like I'm dying this week, but apparently I'm not. Not of cancer anyway. (laughs) Just severe dehydration. Yeah. Yeah. Adulting when you survived a stomach bug. So far, so far. So far. (laughs) We'll see, because I now have to go to work. But how about you? What was your adulting win? I'm being crazy positive about everything. I'm being super horribly positive. And good things are happening, and I feel really psyched. And um, so I'm just, like, in a really good mental state, like, like blindingly good mental state. Um, And so everything's a win for me, baby. (laughs) Okay. I'm embracing okay. the woo. <laughs> You're embracing the woo. I feel like we've shifted personalities a little mm-hmm. bit this, this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've not shifted. The, not the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> you are, I'm going to give you, you some like of my some of my woo. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck being me. <laughs> I might need it. I don't know if I can maintain the energy, but we'll try. <laughs> Thank you for being a little weird with us, Horse Girl. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your player of choice. Follow us on Instagram at Adulting with Horses Podcast, or even better, join our Adulting with Horses Clubhouse on Facebook, where you can become part of the show. Also, it's a great place to meet other horse crazy women.